here's what most people ask themselves. They ask themselves, what is the risk if I take that action? What is the risk if this happens? What is the risk if I get sick? What is the risk if I lose my job? What is the risk if markets go down, if inflation goes up? And they're evaluating the risks and looking at it in a way of how do I mitigate them? How do I avoid them? How do I run away from them? But the alternative question is, what will happen if I don't take this risk? Welcome to the Rise Up Live Free podcast, where we're going to be giving you the exact blueprint to reach financial freedom in 10 years or less, regardless of your age, your income, or your experience. You see, we believe that 97% of traditional financial advice is dangerous, misleading, or outright wrong. And we're here to empower you on how you can use money and cash flow as a tool to create, build, and live a life you love now rather than having to wait until you're 65. If you're ready to take immediate action, join us over at cashflowtactics.com forward slash podcast. All right, all right. Welcome back to the Rise Up Live Free podcast. My friends, you are in the right spot on the right day because today you've got me, Ryan Lee, on the microphone with you. And I'm excited to be here with you because today I'm going to be sharing I think I say this every time. So if you're a longtime podcast listener, get ready for me to say it again. I'm going to be sharing the most important thing <laughs> to your path to becoming successful. Okay. Here's the reality. Uh, you know, we were sitting down with a business coach and mentor of ours last week, and we did uh, something that is, I think, a fairly common knowledge inside of many businesses. We did a SWOT analysis. Now, many of you maybe know what a SWOT analysis is. Many of you maybe don't know what a SWOT analysis is, but here's why we did the SWOT analysis. Inside of our business, we were and continue to be trying to figure out the next move. What is the next move we need to make in these uncertain times? Okay, and so we were sitting down with this business coach and really going through this SWOT analysis. And what a SWOT analysis is, you identify your strengths. What are the things that make you strong in the marketplace? What sets you apart? What are your core competencies, right? Then we talk about, the weaknesses. What are the weaknesses that we have in the marketplace? What are the weaknesses that we have in our product, in our fulfillment, in our customer acquisition, all of the things, right? Strengths and weaknesses. We look at these two things side by side and we identify where the opportunities are. Then the rest of the SWOT analysis focuses on opportunities. Okay. What are the opportunities that are in front of you right now? And this is a really powerful thing because I want each one of you to consider, I want each one of you to consider as you're listening to this podcast, that right now, 2021, boom, date stamp the podcast, right now exists one of the greatest opportunities that you will ever see inside of your life to create wealth, to create abundance, to create happiness, to create the life that you want. Uh, so what are the opportunities? I'm going to come back to that thought here in just a minute. Um, but the opportunities inside of the business are, you know, where do we see opportunities for growth? Where do we see opportunities for improvement, adding more value to the customs that we're serving? All of the different opportunities, both internal and external. And then here's the part, the threats. What are the threats that are standing in our way? And here's what I want to talk to you guys about today, my friends. Today, the entire podcast is going to be about how to thrive in the midst of chaos, how to thrive in the midst of chaos, okay? When I talk about opportunities and threats, you know, I mentioned just a minute ago that I believe the next year or two will be one of the, again, greatest wealth transfers that we've seen in easily a decade. And here's why. There are a lot of threats in the world today, right? I think we could turn on the news. We could go to Facebook. We could go to whatever, Instagram. We could go to Twitter. We could go to all the places. And there are so many competing voices offering so many dissenting and differentiating opinions about all kinds of different things. And from the outside looking in, 
it looks like the world might be burning down. It looks like the world might be in sheer and utter chaos. And don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm not just this eternal optimist that thinks there is nothing wrong in the world. There are definite problems in the world. But at the same time, the overwhelming sentiment that I see being perpetuated is one of fear, one of fear. And what happens too oftentimes in the face of fear, people stop. They stop moving forward. They stop taking progressive action towards a life and a goal that matters to them. They, they hunker down. They get anxiety. They get stressed out. And the fear incapacitates them. The fear demobilizes them. The fear pauses and halts the progress inside of their life. So although there might be opportunities all around, the threats outweigh the opportunities. And ultimately what happens, you can't even see the opportunities that exist because you're paralyzed with fear. So here's the reality, Kim. I believe there are massive opportunities because many businesses, many entrepreneurs, many people are in a state of fear, a state of pause, a state of anxiety, a state of panic. And some of that is self-induced. Some of that for sure is being created by the chaos in the world. But because of all of this, it creates a space. It creates an opportunity for those who are willing to see it and take action towards it. Now, is it going to be easy? No, it's not meant to be easy, but there are more opportunities now than there ever have been to take control of your income, to become financially free, to acquire real estate, to protect your capital from uh, risks external to you. We teach a lot of those strategies inside of Cashflow Tactics, but today, I don't want to talk about those strategies. I want to talk about the idea of risk, okay? Here is the question that you need to ask yourself when you're facing risk. Now, I think a lot of people, risk is a prevalent discussion today in many different forms, from personal health to business risk to income risk to inflation risk. There's a lot of people examining and evaluating the concept of risk. But here's what most people ask themselves. They ask themselves, what is the risk if I take that action? What is the risk if this happens? What is the risk if I get sick? What is the risk if I lose my job? What is the risk if markets go down, if inflation goes up? And they're evaluating the risks and, and looking at it in a way of how do I mitigate them? How do I avoid them? How do I run away from them? But the alternative question is, what will happen if I don't take this risk? What will happen if I don't take this risk? What will happen if I sit back and I let the world pass me by and I wait for a better time to take the actions that I could be taking today that would massively accelerate my life, my business, my financial plan, my relationship with my family and all of those things? What would be the risk if I don't take or what would, what would be the consequence if I don't take that risk, okay? If you want to study success, if you want to look at successful people, you have to study failure. You have to study risk because the people that we can look at and hold up as icons today uh, to say, look, those people are successful. It's easy to look at where they're at today and say, well, maybe they were given success. Maybe they had an easy road. Maybe they were lucky. Maybe they timed the market perfectly. And maybe some of those things are partially true. But I will tell you a universal truth around everyone who's successful, at least everyone I've ever studied or learned from, it's their ability to punch through risk. In fact, the reason they're successful is because they failed. They've learned from their failures. They've gotten back up. They've learned the lessons that only failure could teach them. And that's what allows them to then go on and be successful. So success is a factor of facing fear, even if it causes you to fail, even if it causes you to take a step back and learning the inevitable lessons that can only come by going through the gauntlet of facing your fear and failing, right? So that's it. Now, I want to kind of transition this discussion into some steps that you can take to face risk more effectively. In fact, to rather, I'm, I'm not talking about being careless. I'm not talking about 
carelessly running into the darkness and, and risking everything and putting everything on the line. I used to think that's kind of what being an entrepreneur was. I was, a, I was afraid of being an entrepreneur, even though I had these deep-seated tendencies inside of me to be entrepreneurial. I kept suppressing them for year after year because I was afraid that entrepreneurs were just these crazy risk takers. But once I got around more and more and more entrepreneurs, people who were you know, entrepreneurial in their financial game plan, people who are entrepreneurial in the business that they ran, people who are entrepreneurial in their efforts with their family. What I found is entrepreneurs are really good at managing risk. They ask themselves the question, what will happen if I don't take that risk? And rather than taking a careless risk, they take a calculated risk. I want to give you an example of this in a movie, okay? I love the movies. Uh, what are they called? <laughs> I love these movies. I don't even know the name. I love the movie Hobbit, right? I remember reading the book. It was really funny. I actually dropped out of high school. And when I dropped out of high school, the first book that I actually read in my life on my own was The Hobbit. And I remember reading the book and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing, right? This book is such a great story. Why haven't I read more books in my life? Um, but you know, it took dropping out of high school to read a book that I wanted to read. But anyway, if you, if you read the book, uh, The Hobbit, it's about this young hobbit named Bilbo Baggins. And you know, in the Shire where Bilbo, you know, lived and grew up, uh, the hobbits, they don't take risks. They like to eat like five or six meals a day. They like everything to be safe and quiet and secure and peaceful and all of that stuff. And by default, they kind of live just average, mundane, typical, stereotypical lives, right? Nothing really exciting happens to them. Nothing risky happens. Nothing exciting happens. They're just there, right? Eating their six meals a day. But Bilbo has this call to adventure. Uh, Gandalf the wizard comes in and Gandalf takes him from the Shire. And even though Bilbo is scared and he's afraid, he decides to get on the horse and ride out of the Shire. And the rest of the book and then into the Lord of the Rings, you know, Bilbo Baggins goes on to be this conquering hero. His life transforms. He has the greatest adventures of his life. And he lives a life worth living because he was willing to face risk. So my friends, what I want to share with you today is risk is actually the greatest adventure of your life. Now, again, I'm not talking about taking careless risks. I'm talking about taking calculated risks, okay? So I want to give you four steps to manage risk effectively, okay? So number one, the first thing to managing risk effectively and taking calculated risks instead of careless risks is making a plan. Now, this is where things for a lot of people go sideways, right? Making a plan sounds like a good thing to take calculated risk, but what happens oftentimes when you're making a plan is you get bogged down in the details. You get bogged down in all the what ifs. You get bogged down in maybe this should happen. Maybe I could do this. Maybe this will happen and I should do this instead. And you run yourself into loops, never actually taking any meaningful action, never actually facing the risk that's in front of you and punching through it. You spend all of your time in a plan. So when you make a plan, here's what you need to do. You need, you need to make, we call it inside of Cashflow Tactics, an 80% solution plan. I think it's a book written by Dan Sullivan where he talks about this idea of an 80% solution, but it's taking a plan too good enough to take action on. Now, there's tons of holes in the plan for sure, but those holes will be exposed when you take action, right? You can make the best laid plans on paper that, that fell miserably in reality because on paper, they might look good and you might've plugged out the holes, but in reality, the, all the things that you never could have calculated, you never could have measured, you never could have foresaw ultimately happened. So you wanna have an 80% plan that the intention of this plan is to get you moving as fast as possible. And in the 80% plan, you go back through what we just talked about in the beginning of this podcast, the SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and you start to solidify some of the threats. You start to minimize your downside, okay? The plan cannot be perfect, but the plan has to be sound enough to move. Now, here's another thing that I see people getting stuck on when they make plans. They want to validate the plans with everyone. They want to get everyone's opinion and insight on the plan. 
Now, that might sound like a good thing to do, but ultimately, again, it slows you down. In fact, most people see your plan through the lens of risk avoidance. Most people aren't looking at your plan through the lens of, hey, you're going to do it, and how do we minimize the downside? How do we take a calculated risk instead of a careless risk? Most people are looking at your plan and saying, ooh, risk is bad. You should avoid risk at all costs. And the more people you try to validate your plan with, the more easily it is to get talked out of the plan or to get stuck in perpetual planning mode. So when you validate the plan, if you choose to do that, validate it with people that are going to push you into the darkness, going to push you into taking action, going to push you into taking that risk instead of the people that are going to try to pull you back and keep you safe and secure. Uh, the next thing, um, you want to start thinking ahead just enough, just enough to get moving. Another downside that I see happen in people making plans is they try to plan for contingencies six months out, a year out, two years out. Guys, those things don't matter when you're taking action. The only thing that matters is what is the first action I need to take and how do I mitigate the risk of that action? You don't need to plan for step number 10 until you've taken step number one. And once you've taken step number one, then all you need to plan for is step number two. And once you get more and more comfortable taking steps inside of a plan, then you can start to expand your vision and start to plan a little bit further down the road. But you don't want to think a year down the road, two years down the road, 10 years down the road, because again, that will prevent you from taking action, okay? Um, don't let the details get in your way. You want to, again, the reason it's an 80% solution, you want to have just enough details, just enough information to get you moving. The only thing that matters in step number one is getting feedback, real life feedback from taking action, okay? Now, here's the thing that comes from making a plan. When you make a plan and you set a time commitment of, okay, I'm going to make the plan and then I'm going to take action on this day, right? You've set a, a constraint on yourself. Something really interesting starts to happen. You build some confidence, right? The confidence of having a plan. You're not going into it blind. You're not going into it taking a careless risk. And you've started to identify the threats and, and the, the weaknesses of the plan. And you've started to sure up some of those details. Because again, the idea of having a plan is you don't want to expose yourself to the risk of ruin but you're okay with a calculated risk giving you a calculated loss, okay? I want to say that again. A calculated risk giving you a big upside, but if it didn't work out, a calculated loss, right? And the way that happens is by building just enough of a plan to minimize and mitigate the downside, okay? So that's step number one, make a plan. Step number two is going to build off of step number one in eliminating the risk of ruin, okay? Again, the biggest thing, you know, inside of Cashflow Tactics, we operate everything inside of a game plan. And a game plan is all about taking calculated risks. We call it the hero's journey, but it's stepping into the darkness. It's, it's pushing your limits. It's doing things that are uncomfortable. And it's progressively moving your life and your financial plan forward one calculated risk at a time, okay? But here's the rea reality. The only way you lose in the game of life or the only way you lose in a financial game plan isn't by how much you lose in money or anything like that. It's if you quit. That's how you lose, right? And so the way you want to build your plan is you want to eliminate the risk of ruin. So you've got a plan. You've identified strengths and weaknesses and the 80% solution just enough to get you moving. But the key element of this plan, and this is the next step you take before you take that calculated risk, is you want to eliminate the risk of ruin. You want to make sure that if the plan fails, you're not knocked out of the game. You're not incapacitated. You're not out of money. You're not destitute. You're not going broke. You're not able to put food on the table. So the scary part of risk and the thing that holds most people back is the stories that they tell themselves. They think that if they fail, if something goes wrong, their entire life is going to fall apart. And here's such an interesting reality, right? We live so much inside of our head. We tell ourselves these stories. And a lot of times those stories 
aren't even based in reality. Or if they are based in reality, it's loosely based on reality. So you have to examine the stories and you have to understand what you need to have in place to ensure that you don't get knocked out of the game. So eliminating the risk of ruin. For me, you know, when I first got going in real estate, I didn't have a plan. I mean, my plan was buy real estate, I guess, but I didn't have a plan and I definitely, definitely never considered the risk of ruin. And, you know, after buying three homes, I almost lost everything. I had no reserves behind me. Um, and that cascaded into, I was mentally like losing. I was, I was fatigued. I was stressed out. I was overwhelmed. It put stress on my marriage and my, my, my parenting. Um, but eliminating the risk of ruin says, look, if that doesn't work out, here's the foundation behind me that will allow me to continue to go forward. The reserves that I keep, the, the, the routines that I keep inside of my life to keep myself mentally and physically strong, uh, the relationships that I have that I can lean back on in times of need. So eliminate the risk of ruin as part of your plan. Ask yourself, okay, this is another powerful question, trying to evaluate how bad the risk is. Ask yourself, what is the worst thing? What is the worst thing that could happen? Because in your head, it's catastrophic. In your head, when you haven't clearly identified the details of the risk that you're getting to take, you make it into this big story. It's this big, scary monster. It's the boogeyman. But when you face the shadow, when you face the darkness, you realize that it wasn't as scary as you thought. And so ask yourself the question, if I take this risk and I fail, what is the worst thing that could happen, right? And when you start to ask yourself that question, you realize, man, even if the worst thing did happen, it's really not that bad. And the real risk is not taking action, avoiding the thing that could be accomplished because I thought the story of loss would be exaggerated. So set up safeguards that will keep your risk manageable and ask yourself, what is the worst thing that can happen? That's step number two, eliminate the risk of ruin. Step number three, okay, you've got a plan, you've eliminated the risk of ruin. Step number three, what do you think it is? It's take action, right? It's take, it's face the risk and move forward. Face the risk and do something about it. Face the risk and run into the darkness, okay? And it's a scary, it's a hard thing to do. There is no easy way around it. Facing risk and going through risk is difficult. It is stressful. It is hard, right? But this is where the forging fire happens. This is where the refiner's fire helps you become the person necessary to manage greater and greater risk, to deal with more and more opportunities because you're unafraid of risk. Say, so here's, here are the steps instead of taking action. When you do this, um, you immediately experience a high that comes from doing out, out something outside of your comfort zone. Uh, I'll never forget, um, you know, I signed up for this, uh, this program about four or five years ago as I was getting ready to start a business. And it was this very Navy SEAL type training. And it was really scary. It was really scary. In fact, you know, we flew into California and I won't go into all the details, but I remember the first couple hours I kept questioning. I kept questioning, why am I here? What am I doing? I didn't sign up for this. I don't need a bag over my head. I don't need to be, you know, freezing cold in the middle of night, uh, in the middle of an ocean. I don't need this. But once I resolved to say, look, I came here for a reason and I'm going to follow the plan and I'm going to learn the lessons that come from this refiner's fire, man, it was really interesting. All the fear and the anxiety that I had, it all melted away right? It was still a hard situation, but I had committed to taking action on that plan. I had committed to following through. I had committed to completing the challenge that I had entered into. And the fear of quitting, the fear of anxiety of what might happen next, it all went away. And it was this slow, increasing, steady resolve that no matter what was thrown my way, I was going to get through it. I had made a commitment. I was going to get through it. So take action. And as soon as you take action, you start to gain a sense of confidence that you are so much more capable than you just previously gave yourself credit for. And that the fear, the anxiety, the risk that you thought you were taking wasn't actually as bad 
as you thought it might have been. It's such an interesting, it's such an interesting psychological effect that you have when you just go from out of your head into moving forward. Okay. You also learn the valuable lessons. When you take action, you learn the real lessons of life. My kids are in school right now, and I'm constantly asking them, how does what you're learning apply into real life? How can you take this subject, this topic, and apply it? Do something with it. Because it's not about putting information in your head so you can fill in a bubble sheet test and get a, the, the, the high score. That's not what it's about. It's about taking this information and learning the lessons that actually move your life forward. And that's the interesting thing about facing risk. You learn the most immediate prevalent lessons that only taking risk can teach you. Only taking risk can show you. You can't learn it in a book. You can't learn it in a discussion. You can't learn it from a mentor. Now, they might tell you things and it might create more awareness, but you only learn the lessons by taking action, okay? Then as you do this, you realize that you are more capable than you give yourself credit for, and the path of taking action happens over and over and over again. In fact, you act, you assess what worked and what didn't, what did I learn, what, what sucked. You know, you start to learn the lessons, you assess, because if you don't assess, then the action was kind of in vain, right? If you don't learn the lessons that the action teaches you, then you have to repeat that same action. You have to repeat that same risk over and over again. But if you face the, the risk, you take action and you stop, you give yourself a moment of clarity, whether it's a minute, an hour, a day, or whatever it is, and you assess, you identify what worked, what didn't, what did I learn, what did I lose? Did my plan to eliminate the risk of ruin, did it actually work or were there holes in that? It gives you the real information so you can start to assess. Then what, what do you do after that? You adjust, you make the necessary adjustments that come from what you just learned and then you repeat, right? You do that over and over and over and over and over again. You act, you assess, you adjust, and you repeat, okay? Now, those are the first three steps. Make a plan, eliminate the risk of ruin, and take action. And as you take action and you go through that process of acting, assessing, adjusting, and repeating, your muscle, your confidence, your, your commitment to produce what you're capable of, what you actually accomplish becomes, it starts to grow and it starts to get bigger. You start to get more capable. You start to get more confidence in yourself. And the interesting thing about it is you start to realize that you, you, my friend, are the source and the creator of the life that you want to live. You are a producer. You are capable of creating, building and living the life that matters. You are create, you are capable of creating the solutions to the problems that are in front of you, whether it's a, a solution that you create, a relationship that you create, a skill that you need to learn or anything in between. Okay. The fourth step is this. If you're just doing this just to take action, you'll start to get ground down by the process. Because again, it's not easy to run into the darkness. It's not easy to always be facing risk. It's not easy to be in a position where you're constantly under a, a level of stress. Okay, so the fourth step, this is the step that makes it a lifestyle. This is the step that gives your risk a purpose, gives it some meaning. The fourth step is creating a vision. You have to create a compelling vision that pulls you into the risk, not out of just you know self-deprecation, but out of necessity. You know that the gauntlet, you know that the risk is part of what is required to get to the vision that you want. The light at the end of the tunnel, the vision that you have requires you to run into the darkness and it gives your risk and the stress that you're putting yourself through, it gives it meaning, it gives it purpose, okay? So when you create this vision, a vision will help you stay in the game long-term. Remember, I just said the only way you lose is if you quit, okay? It'll help give you a, a commitment to stay in the game for the long-term. So when you have a driving why and creating a vision, it's a skill set. It's a muscle that has to be built. It can be just a fuzzy vision in, in the beginning, but more you can refine that vision over and over and see it, smell it, touch it, feel it, experience it mentally. 
the more that vision becomes a reality and the more meaning the risk that you're facing has, okay? To achieve the impossible, you must be able to see the invisible. And there's no better example of this. Well, there's lots of great examples of this, but I want to give you one example that really stands out to me. Uh, Walt Disney, okay? I have kids and we've taken them to Disney World and Disneyland several times and enjoyed the experience that that is, right? When you go into those theme parks, yeah, they're crowded, but it's crazy how well curated everything is, how well curated that experience is. And Walt Disney um, was really a, an amazing individual. He had this extremely grand vision. I want you to imagine he's the first person that created this theme park around rides and characters and, you know, making sure every little detail mattered. And, you know, the risk that he faced was massive. Financial risk, risk of ruin, uh, risk of failure, risk of, you know, losing his family, his relationships. He was so compelled by this vision that he faced insurmountable risks that many people would have melted in front of, right? Now, here's the crazy part about Walt Disney. Walt Disney never saw the completion of his theme park. He never actually got to see it operational. And shortly after it opened up and was operational, his, I, I believe it was his son who took over for him. And I think it was a banker or someone, I can't remember the exact person it was, but there was a banker or someone who came to the son and said, man, this is an amazing park. I wish Walt would have seen it, right? Because Walt never got to see the park come to fruition. And his son immediately replied, Walt saw it before any of us. Walt experienced this exact reality before you or I saw it in the flesh. Walt experienced it, saw it, touched it, felt it. And it is because he had that vision. And that vision is what pushed him forward. So my friends, calculated risk is always better than the alternative. Imagine arriving at that day, right? Whenever your life comes to an end, imagine arriving at that day and the thing that you left on the line were all the things that you could have had, that you could have experienced, that you could have achieved had you not been afraid to take risk, right? I think that's one of my biggest fears in life myself is, you know, seeing the person I could have become had I been willing to face risk, had I been willing to progressively move forward and realizing that my own limitations, my own fear, my own lack of a willingness to take, you know, face and take risk held me back from becoming that person, from experiencing the fullness that life had to offer. So this only happens when you're able to take those four steps that I mentioned up above. So again, make a plan, eliminate the risk of ruin, take action. And as you've started to build that muscle, create a vision that will compel you, that will really drive you and give you meaning and purpose in the hardest times that the risk will require you to go through. So risk is about testing yourself. It's about becoming the best version of you possible. And you're either left in the end with the regret of all the risks that you didn't take or you're left with the life that you've created because, because you've confidently faced, not carelessly faced, but confidently faced and, and taken calculated risks in your life. So my friends, I hope this message helps you out. No matter where you're at in your life, we help people take calculated risks inside of their financial game plan. You know, we believe in this idea and concept of freedom and, you know, to build and live the life that you want to live by default, money is the tool that's required to do that. And we find that money holds so many people back. And sometimes it's psychological. Sometimes it is fear. Sometimes they're afraid of risk or whatever it might be. Sometimes it's just not knowing. It's unawareness of knowing how to use money to get what you want. So if you want to become empowered with your money, if you want to be more calculated in the risks that you take to get real measurable results, then I invite you to join our community. We have webinars. We have five-day challenges probably one of the best ways to do it is just go to our Facebook group, go to our Facebook group, get involved, introduce yourself, tell everyone what, what financial freedom means to you and start to see the results that come from taking calculated risks inside of your financial game plan. My friends, this is the Rise Up Live Free podcast. As always, as always, 
it means so much to me that you listen. Um, I appreciate all of the support that we get on this podcast. And I would ask you if this podcast makes a difference for you, do one of two things or do both of them. Number one, share it. It helps us a lot when you share the podcast. And number two, rate it and review it. Help, help give us the feedback that we need that the message is resonating or what would you like to hear or what questions do you have that we can answer for you in the podcast. My friends, wherever you're at today, I hope you continue. I hope you continue to rise up and live free. All right, all right. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Rise Up Live Free podcast. If you're not subscribed already, then be sure to do that right now so you can get all of the latest information downloadable right to your phone. But before you go, what would it be like and feel like if you had your own personalized financial freedom game plan? If you like that, head over to cashflowtactics.com forward slash five day challenge. There, we'll walk you through step-by-step in just 30 minutes a day. Over the course of five days, we'll show you what's working, what's not, where you're stuck, and help you gain clarity for probably the first time ever and exactly what it will take for you to be on the path to financial freedom in just 10 years or less. If you're ready to go, join us at cashflowtactics.com forward slash five-day challenge. Until next time, take control over your finances, rise up, and live free.